you in so-called midlife and found yourself suddenly single after probably years of marriage and you're absolutely shitting it? Maybe you're on a divorce downer and have zero idea how the fuck to move on. Or you know how to in theory, but it's just not happening. If that's you, you're in the right place. This is the Divorce Chapter podcast, where we turn the unexpected divorce plot twist into a new and improved happily ever after. I'm Sarah Elizabeth, divorce coach and mentor, and I'm with you on this mission to rewrite our stories and make this next chapter the best goddamn one yet. It's that time of year again. Are you also fed up with seeing Valentine's Day everywhere? Hearts and bloody flowers. After a divorce, it can be a bit shitty, right? Wouldn't it be good then to reframe Valentine's Day and even maybe find some humour instead? So that we can at least leave the house without I don't know, turning into a crime wreck at least. I hope so. I hope that's why you're here. This is the Divorce Chapter podcast where we turn the unexpected divorce plot twist into a new and improved happy ever after. And I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth. And I have a confession to make. Are you ready? I got engaged on Valentine's Day. How bloody cliche. It wasn't quite as it sounds. It sounds, you know, oh, I got engaged in Valentine's Day. The 5th of February that year, 91, I found out that I was pregnant, which was quite unexpected for being 18, you know. Now, being the independent, gobby girl that I was, not that a lot has changed, I told my now ex-husband that I wasn't expecting him to hang around. I was keeping the baby whether he was there or not. He he was like superfluous to my decision, you know. So his reply was something along the lines of, no, I'll stick around. So should we get engaged? Something like that. So on Valentine's Day that year happened to be... Thursday late night shopping, you know, because in those days we didn't even have shopping centres open for all hours. So Thursday late night shopping, off we went. He told me I had 150 quid to spend. Push the bowl out. So I picked a cubic zirconia ring for £149.99. We went back to my mum and dad's. I put the ring on. We didn't even bother putting the bloody ring on. I put the ring on and he went, sort of went, I suppose we're engaged now, aren't we? Hmm. Yeah, so that was it. No bended knee, no declarations of love, no flowers or flash mob, you know, all the romance of it all. To be fair, he did get a bit better at romance over the years, but I guess the only problem being that I wasn't the only one he was romanticising. But, you know, there we go. We move. We move. We're here. But I guess this kind of sums up one of the key issues with the whole Valentine's Day thing after divorce and why 
it can feel so crap. Because we have put so much meaning on the day and consequently we have so many expectations around it. You know, for those around my age, I'm 51, Um. we were brought up on a bit of a Disney diet, weren't we? Where, you know, it was all princesses being rescued by handsome princes, always. In the really old ones, all they bloody did was clean until they were rescued, saved from cleaning. I mean, it did kind of improve slightly, although I think I was an adult by then. They got away from cleaning, but still they had to have a man to save them. I think we've got a few more role models nowadays from what I see with my granddaughters like Elsa and Mona and the like. Is it Tiana? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, you know. But the standards were set then. You know what I mean? Don't even get me started on the bloody rom-coms, you know. We place so much meaning on this whole romance and love concept on Valentine's Day, which raises expectations of what we think should happen. And our disappointment then when it doesn't. I mean, it's the marketing dream, isn't it? But we don't have to buy into it only being about couples. Because after divorce, that's all we need, right? So I thought at this point, I might inject a little bit of humour and some new ideas to give us Something else to think about and introduce anti-Valentines. Yes, it's a goddamn thing. Good old Google tells me we now have an anti-Valentines week, a whole week. None of this bullshit day malarkey. No, 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 no. We've got a week. Don't get too excited though, because I got excited and over-raised my expectations. See, that's what happens. So day one starts on February the 15th and it's slap day. Slap. Oh, I like this one, I think. It's reportedly for people who want to slap their ex for cheating on them and breaking their heart, which I was thinking sounded bloody brilliant until I read on and it said not literally. It's about slapping away our feelings for them. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I preferred the first part. I think I might need to go back and listen to my own ep- angry episode from last week, you know. Day two, 16th of Feb, is kick day. Again, I got excited. And again, I got let down because this is to kick away negative vibes from the X. Day three was starting to look a little bit more productive with it being perfume day and the day to go and treat yourself to some gorgeous new perfume. And day four, don't blame me for this. Blame Google or whoever thought of this. February the 18th is flirting day. I mean, that's not for me. You do you. I'm shit at flirting. I wouldn't know if someone was flirting with me anyway. So I'm not very good at that stuff. But anyway, that's day four. Day five's confession day. And again, I just prefer the slap and the kick, you know. And it just goes downhill from here on in with day six being tell someone you miss them, which after divorce is not a good idea. 
And day seven being breakup day, which is just fucking weird. So anyway, I got excited by slap day and it was all a bit of an anticlimax after all. But it got me thinking we could design our own anti-Valentine's week, right? We can do what we want. In my ambition to try and bring you as much anti-Valentine's as I could now that I found this stuff, I saw one article that said, it talked about a card that reads, happy, unimaginative, consumerist, entirely arbitrary, manipulative, shallow interpretation of Romance Day. Where is this card? I want to buy it. There was another one that had meh emblazoned on a pink heart and apparently there's an animal charity which offers the opportunity to have your ex's name printed on the bottom of a litter tray show me show me it show me this stuff i do need to go back and listen to my angry episode apparently etsy also does a whole range of mugs and whatnot now too so you see not alone in being anti-Valentine's. It's like it's a bloody cult or something. I don't know. I must have missed out because I've only known about this, trying to find this out for this episode, you know. Anyway, back to expectations and meanings. I'm trying to be a bit sensible. Because I think half the time, right, when we're disappointed and angry and sad because of another person or a thing or a day, It's usually because that person, that thing, that day has failed to meet our expectations. You know, we set our expectations for what we think should happen, should. And then when it doesn't, we're disappointed. And then we have all those emotions about it. Valentine's Day. It incites us to feel shitty. It makes us feel... Well, actually, it doesn't. We make ourselves feel, because A, we have made the day mean. It's only about couples being in love. And B, we expect to be romanced, right? So the impact of that is that we have huge disappointment around Valentine's Day, when we're not in a couple and we're not being romanced. But remember, we have the choice of what we make something mean. We've always got the choice. So what if, what if we reframed it that Valentine's Day is now a day to show love to ourselves, treat ourselves with love and be an opportunity to romanticise our own goddamn lives. So how do we show love for ourselves on Valentine's Day? Well, first up, in the words of Miley, we can buy ourselves our own bloody flowers. But you know, seriously, what are some ways to show yourself love on Valentine's Day or any other bloody day? Go shopping. Buy yourself something really bloody lovely and luxurious as a gift to yourself, because not only do you deserve it, All the loved up couples on Valentine's Day are in restaurants. So the shops are a pretty clear space. Do you get me? In advance of the day, and this episode is coming out five days before, 
So hopefully you'll have some time. Make yourself a care package. All the things that make you feel good, you know, hot chocolate or some chocolates. This is the thing about chocolates and spending money. I know. I don't know where I get it from. Bottle of wine or bottle of non-alcoholic wine for me. A face mask, some beautiful bubble bath, a magazine or a good book. Ready for the Divorce Book Club. Yes, that was an ad. Honestly, whatever floats your boat. Do something that makes you happy. Maybe creative, I don't know, sport, a walk, sewing, drawing, writing, whatever makes you feel good. Or one of the best things, laugh. Go to a comedy club or just download some really funny shit on Netflix. We need sometimes a good bloody laugh. Or maybe set up a nice dinner with other single friends. And make up some anti-Valentine's games, if you like. Like, And instead of pin the tail on the donkey, put up a photo of your ex. Blindfold everyone and stick pins in him. And the closest to stabbing him in the eyes wins. What about that? Or good old game of darts with your ex's photo as bullseye. I've gone back to anti-Valentine's and the angrier, sorry. Back to loving you. And self-love, you get the gist. Why shouldn't you show yourself love? Why do you need someone else to do it for you? Expect and believe you are worthy of love. It doesn't always have to mean romantic love, right? But if you must go all romance on me, the other way to do this, again on any day and not just Valentine's Day, is to romanticise your own goddamn life. Oh, yes, bitches, we've got this. You know, what is it to romanticise your life? It's a dream. It's a term that kind of started over the pandemic and in social media and whatnot. But ultimately, it's about finding the fun, the frivolity, the beauty in the mundane bits of everyday life. It's about finding the magic in the small things, which when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Romantic gestures are things that are done for you that are lovely and magical and make us feel good, right? So why the hell don't we give ourselves romantic gestures? Start living with main character energy. You are the leading lady in your life. You deserve to be the star every single day. Take yourself on the date. What about an afternoon cinema date with a big tub of popcorn? Buy the bloody flowers and decent ones, not out of a poxy petrol station. Carnations, fucking hate carnations. Sorry, apologies to anyone who loves carnations. I don't like them. Light the really nice candles. Cook a luscious dinner with some really good, feel-good music blaring. Have a dance party in your kitchen whilst you're doing it. Go and have a nice coffee. Sit outside and people watch. Make up stories about people. I love doing that. See people and I make up stories about them in the end. Go take a book to the park. Sit and read. Get some fresh air. Feed the ducks. 
Oh, no, you're not supposed to feed the ducks, are you? Oh, no. Scrap that one. Scrap. Edit that one out. Sorry. No ducks. No duck feeding. <gasps> I think hooga. Hooga, hooga. It's a Danish word if you've not heard of it. It's, no one ever knows how to pronounce it. Probably go hooga, 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 hooga. I think it's hooga, right? Anyway, it means cosy. It means warm, comfortable, safe. It's like the ambiance that comes from doing simple things like lighting candles, like baking, spending time at home. We're in winter. We're in our winter season. It's all the hooger vibes, babes. You have fluffy socks and silky pillows. It's all about the textures. I love a bit of texture. You know, use the senses. Think, think about your senses when you're thinking about this stuff because it's really evoking that feeling, that feel-good feeling within one or all of your senses. You know, so think things that look pretty or they smell fucking amazing or they sound good, feel lovely or taste divine, you know? Think about those senses because they're the things, that's what you're satisfying to make yourself feel good. And use the nice stuff. I remember as a kid, my mum and dad got this new dining table and chairs. And for years, I mean years, they left the poxy plastic cover on the seats. I mean, why? Why? There was always the china, the glasses, the smellies that we had to save for best. When's best? Who decides? Who decides when best is? Just like we save clothes and shoes for special occasions and bags. Treat every day as though it's special because you are special. If you want to make every day the bloody best it can be, use your best goddamn stuff. It's like self-care on speed. I'm going on here. I could go on for days, but, you know, it's about thinking about ways that you can sprinkle some magic into your everyday life. And that is what is meant by romanticising your life. And, you know, if you're still hung up on Valentine's Day itself, and don't forget we now have Valentine's Day the day before. It's Valentine's Day for your beautiful girls. And, yeah, I hope during your divorce you've got yourself a hype squad, a support squad. What better way to show them how thankful you are for their love and support? Share the love with the girls. Have a Valentine's Day dinner. And I always love Black Day too, though that's for when everyone's forgotten about Valentine's Day. You probably might not have heard of Black Day. It's 14th of April in South Korea, and it's otherwise known as Singles Day. And it's a celebration, especially for single people. 14th of February is Valentine's Day, where women give men a gift. On the 14th of March, it's White Day, where men give gifts to women. And 14th of April is Black Day. And originally, apparently, it was all about the black equating to a sorrow for being single and people commiserating. But it's really evolved in modern day South Korea. I think it should take over the world. You know, it's now a celebration and rightly so. 
single people dressed in black with black nail varnish and all that. There's there's a signature dish they eat on the day. I can't pronounce it, but it's basically noodles in a black bean sauce. Sounds and looks yum. There's a spike in black coffee being sold on Black Day. They have eating contests of these noodle thingy dishes. You know, it's a, it's a goddamn thing. You know, there's discounts for singles and you've got to love a reward for being single. There was a girl group in South Korea who released a song called Merry Black Day, which refers to couples hell. Love it. What a way to do it, eh? And commiserating singles are celebrating their solo status. Maybe we should just make our own Black Day on Valentine's Day, a singles day. Now, ultimately, that's where I'm going to finish up. I'm going to stop waffling on about this because I think you've got the points, you know. Valentine's Day, yes, it's a marketing ploy in the Western world. Yes, it can feel shitty after divorce. But Let's reframe our expectations on this and start to look for other ways that we can think about it. Whether it's a full-on anti-Valentine's or like me, you're still stuck on slap day. Whether it's referring to full-on self-care or learning to romanticise your beautiful life. Whether it's celebrating Valentine's Day or waiting for Black Day and trying to make it global. You know, whatever you choose to do, always remember that you get the choice now to do what you please. So I do hope that's, I don't know, helped some way into approaching Valentine's Day and maybe giving you some ideas to romanticise your own life. If nothing else, hopefully it's given you a bit of a giggle and something else to think about. All of this is about reframing our expectations, our beliefs about days, certain things being the be all and end all, right? Are you with me? I hope so. Now, if you really want a day to get excited about, we are going full steam ahead on launching the Divorce Book Club and I can't bloody wait. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll firm up the actual day of launching, which will make it a bit clearer. I think we're going to start with the book, Leave a Cheater, Gain a Life by the Chump Lady. I think her name's Tracy Sean. It's such a good book if you've been cheated on. Such a good book. So I think we're going to go with that as the first book. So let me know if you're in. And until then, please, please, please do try and show yourself some love over the week ahead and V-Day because you truly do deserve love and romance in your life every single day, whether you're in a relationship or not. So in the meantime, I am sending you all my love to you and I'll be back in your beautiful earbuds again next week. Have a good one. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Divorce Chapter Podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, please could you do your girl a solid and rate and review the podcast. Wherever you listen, there should be an option to rate and review and honestly, 
I can't tell you just how much it helps the podcast algorithm thingamajigs, whatever. And bonus love for me if you share the episode with your friends and on your socials and tag me in it at the divorce chapter. Thank you again so very, very much. I appreciate every single one of you beautiful humans. Have an amazing day.